Shabbat Shalom, everyone. This microphone working? There you go. That's how you're supposed to use the microphone, boys and girls. Right up your mouth. All right. So, you know, uh, I've been uh, talking with you the last few weeks about, I don't know, the atmosphere in our nation. And, uh, you know, in my lifetime, at least, uh, uh, at least in, in my memory anyway, uh, I've uh, rarely experienced the sort of, like, tension that's in the air. You know, I, of course, I was a little boy during the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, I guess, so maybe I didn't. I didn't care, but I don't know, there's something in the air uh, that's being fed, uh, being fed by our uh, anxieties. And uh, I want to know the source of it, and I don't think it's coming from human beings, by the way. I think it's uh, there's a general atmosphere that has been created. Maybe it's just the time that we live in. I don't know. Uh, it finds its voice in individuals, but there's something more going on than that. So uh, one of the things I did I, I, this week, I, I, I did a search on uh, what people worry about the most, you know. So uh, I found a list. Here's a list of 20, the top, top 20 worries uh, in the world. And, I mean, one of them was wrinkles or aging appearance. I think I better start worrying. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, finding a new job. That might be on the list next real soon after I finish this. But all these things are, you know, sort of the normal kinds of things that people worry about. Getting old, financial issues. Oh, here's a good one. Pets' health. I never did much worry about my pet's health. I had my wife will tell you I had a um, fish tank, and uh, you couldn't find the fish in there for the mud. You know, I mean, I just you know obviously I didn't care much about that stuff. But these are sort of the normal worries. You can look it up yourself. I'm not going to read 20 <laughs> different kinds of ways of worrying. And interestingly enough, none of them include war or terrorism or our economy going into the uh, into depression or or any of that sort of thing, all things which are obviously on people's minds. Well, the question is, what what's the source of all of this, and what can we do about it? More especially, just knowing that we worry is not going to help us not worry. And even the words of Messiah Yeshua, who told us, that don't, don't bother to worry because worrying, frankly, doesn't do anything. So I wanted to look at it in, in the context of today's Haftorah. So to brief you on what's been going on, you'll recall that in the episode just prior to the beginning of our Haftorah, uh, Jezebel, who is the king, uh, no, I'm sorry, not the king, but the queen, of Israel, along with her husband Ahab, have been fostering idol worship in the land, turning people away from God, and uh, 
doing Baal worship, which I'm not going to describe to you because it's too horrific. So it was a real difficult time for Israel. So Elijah challenges the prophets of Baal to a contest, if you will, in which he is determined to demonstrate that the God of Israel is indeed God. This he does uh, through this very famous uh, demonstration of God's power by making two altars, piling them up with stones and then with wood, and they're calling down fire from heaven, first from Baal, and then we'll see if Hashem will do it. And of course, if you've read the episode before, they work all day, the, the prophets of Baal, and no fire comes from heaven. And then finally, Elijah, after hosing down his altar, calls for fire, and God licks up the, wa- the water, the fire, everything in its place. And in an act of uh, incredible zeal, Elijah kills the prophets of Baal. So you would think that after all of that, I mean, you know, you got a great victory going on there. You know, like, let's, uh, you know, let's go. Let's finish this up. Why be depressed? And yet this is what happens. This is what the scripture says. If I can make that cookie thing go. That's amazing how these things work. It's time for us to get our technology into the 21st century. Well, there you go. I see. Everything... Everything is on delay. I, we're, we're all buffering. <laughs> Talked about buffering last night. Okay, so there you go. Very often after victory comes an attack. We're weakened by victory sometimes, you know. Not strengthened by it. We think we've overcome. But the reality is, is that we need to remain vigilant. That's the point. That it's not in our own strength, but in the strength of God that we can do things. And so here's what happens here. It says, Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he'd killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a message to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and even more if I do not make your life as one of them, the prophets, by this time tomorrow. She utters a terrible threat. And what surprises me, has always surprised me in reading this portion, is his reaction to that. It says, and he was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. He was afraid. I mean, he just wiped out, according to the scripture, he just wiped out 400 prophets of Baal. He just wiped them out. And now he's afraid of this one person and what she could do. Very often that's what happens. Of course, victory makes enemies for us. But it also can make us weaker. Perhaps in his zeal, he forgot that it was in God's strength that he had that victory. And now he was confronted with this person who had great power. And he thought that he must overcome her in his own strength. We don't have to do that. We can fight with, a, with, a, with, a, with the tools of the Spirit more effectively than ever we can fight 
with the tools of our, of our own hands. So, so often after a victory, we're going to receive that attack. Sometimes when we make gains, the enemy looks for another way to undermine us. You remember what happened in the story of the sin of Peor. How victory after victory was won by the Israelites without them doing anything. Because God made Balaam bless them again and again and again. How were they undermined? Well, the enemy didn't give up. The enemy didn't go away. They just found another way to sneak in. And the enemy is always looking for another way. So we have to guard our hearts with the strength of God so that we can be victorious continuously. That's where our victory comes. So, I'm saying, people, that all these worries, all these woes, they're always with us. What shall we do? How will we react? Well, let's see if I can make this one. There we go. Here's how he reacted. Oh, woe is me. This is a natural reaction. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, O Lord, take my life for I am not better than my father's. I guess he was exhausted. And, it can, and that continual attack can lead to exhaustion. And that can often lead to depression. And that, of course, makes us ter- turn ourselves away from God. We begin to feel sorry for ourselves. But I'm going to tell you that self-pity is a waste of time and effort. I've told this story many, many, many times before. So you heard it, I'm sorry, but it matters so much to me. For many years, as uh, we were growing this congregation, I, would, I had a full-time job, and I worked in New York City. So I want you to get the, I hope you understand the logistics here. I lived in Danbury, Connecticut at the time. The congregation was here in New Haven, and I had... I was running a construction company in New York City. And my daily uh, trek, very often, was 5 o'clock in the morning, leave home, go down to New York City, work for most of the day, probably till 5 or 6 sometimes, and then drive. Sometimes I had to come here, spend a few hours driving from New York to New Haven, And then after that, drive home and get home late at night and then start again tomorrow, (laughs) the next day. And I did that for five years. Five long years. It was necessary. It was just the way things were. There was no point in complaining about it. It was the way it was. It had to be. But that can take it out of you, let me tell you. Uh, along with the worries of running a business and the woes of uh, 
congregation that needs your help and a family that needs you more, uh, that can be a lot. And I'm not saying all of this to brag. I'm simply trying to tell you how great God is. So one day, it was, I don't remember what year it was. The years began to blur into one another then. But I was, I remember driving home and I had to drive, I was actually driving to Bridgeport this particular night after a long day of work because we had a Bible study that night. And I had had enough. All the pressures at work, the pressures with the congregation, and all those other things became too much for me. And so I drove, as I was driving my car up the Merritt Parkway, I said, I'm done. I can't do another, I can't do this one more day. And so I pulled off on on a stop, one of those rest stops, and cried out to the Lord, and I mean cried, that I was finished, and I couldn't do it again. I was going to call the people at the Bible study, tell them I wasn't going to be there, I was going to go home. And somehow the Lord allowed me to fall asleep, just like he did with Elijah here. I fell asleep, and when I awoke, something told me that I had to go to the Bible study. So I drove off to the study, got there just in time, and as I walked through the door, the phone rang. The phone rang, and it was the voice of a little old lady, and many, some of you may have known, known her, Alice Bureau. And Alice, may her name be for a great memory, said, Tony, I was, was doing a prayer walk, and I was, as I was praying, the Lord spoke to me and said I had to speak to you, and that I couldn't... Uh, leave a message, I had to talk to you directly. I said, okay. And she said, Tony, the Lord told me to tell you that he knows and everything is all right. That's all she said. And I was, and the weight, this thousand pounds that was on my shoulders fell off. Because God had heard my voice. And that was where my strength was going to come from. It wasn't going to come from me being stronger and stronger and getting my act together and figuring it all out. My strength was going to come from Hashem. So in my Bible, I carry a picture. Because for me, this is the voice of God. picture of this little old lady who in her faithfulness gave the message from God to me. She could have just said, well, you know, that wasn't real. I'll talk to him when I see him next time. No. She knew right then and there that she had to talk to me. And so, We remember that God is our provision and strength. We don't have to worry because God is on guard. 
God is watching and he knows. So despite all the tension in the air, God's people are free. One last bit of business. You see here in this portion, he says, he lay down and slept under a juniper tree and behold, there was an angel touching him. Maybe that angel's name was Alice too. He said, arise and eat, just like God let me sleep, and I woke up. Then he looked, and behold, and there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones. I want you to think about that, that the angel took the time to bake the bread. That takes, take it from me, I bake bread, it takes three hours. I mean, you know. baked the bread. Why tell us that he baked it? Why don't you just tell us it's it's bread? Just like that story of Messiah Yeshua after his resurrection when his disciples are fishing and they see him making a fire and baking the fish on the seashore. The Lord of glory cooking for them, cooking breakfast for his friends. So it says, So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat. The journey is too great for you. So he arose and he ate and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. We can go on in life. We can move on. We can move forward. We can have hope. Because it's not in our strength, but in the strength of the Lord that we move. If you remember that every single day, no matter what's going on, no matter what whirlwind is flying around you, we can move forward into this world. Finally, one last slide. I want you to remember these words of the Messiah, because they mean everything. He said... Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my load is light. So today, we can take our worries and let them go. Amen.